We should talk about an issue that is a very big one in this province and becoming a very uh, big concern, certainly. Uh, Sanctuary cities, sanctuary province. What is it? What are we talking about? If you look to page nine on the NDP platform, there is a promise to make this province the country's first sanctuary province. Right now, Toronto and Hamilton are sanctuary cities. And what this means is that those here illegally get access to all sorts of social programs, whether it be dental, medical, uh, ESL, language training, any of that. You need it. You got it. No questions asked. And while it sounds compassionate, and that's what people will argue, what it is, in fact, is rewarding those breaking the laws with services we cannot afford. And it is putting a lot of our own people It's leaving them displaced. Well, Andrea Horvath was asked about this today. She cannot say what it would cost, but that it's wrong to turn someone away. We believe that if somebody is brought into an emergency ward, uh, bleeding, for example, uh, with traumatic injuries, we don't have to ask for their passport before we treat them. I mean, this is Canada. Uh, This is Ontario. We, we treat people who are ill, uh, who need treatment. And, and that's what this is all about. Those are my values. Those are the values of most Canadians, uh, most Ontarians. Uh, it's, it's about humanity. It's about basic humanity. What, do you have any well, estimates on what, what that might cost? Because a lot of people are raising alarm bells. Sure, sure. You know, and here's, here's the cost if we don't do that. If we don't do that, those people's injuries become worse. Their illnesses become worse. That is a load of horse pucky. Period. Full stop. I don't know if Miss Horvath was playing to cameras. I don't know if she just doesn't know. But that is just nonsense. The matter of fact is, we don't turn anybody away. Anybody, you go into a hospital with a broken leg, you're getting treated, period. And we've already got a system in place for refugee claimants. They get benefits paid by the feds. But we are starting to see thousands of people flowing in from the Quebec border. And we know that they're being fast-tracked to places like Toronto. And we know that the mayor of Toronto has already said, we are buckling under this and we can't find space. But just imagine the message this sends. Come to Ontario, the province where everything is free. Even for you people breaking the law. Let's bring in Catherine Swift to chat about this. She is with the Canadian, or was with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, now working with a group called Working Canadians, and she knows all about this stuff. Catherine, when I say sanctuary province to you, what first comes to mind? Well, this whole concept uh, has been around for a little while now. It, it was got most popularity in the U.S. actually when they had a lot of immigrants, or not even immigrants, they were illegals coming in from Mexico, and there were just so sheer many of them that a lot of local governments basically said. Even though you're illegal and you're, you're, you know, you're not legal immigrants in any way, we are going to recognize you more or less as citizens in terms of having the rights and having access to services and so on. Of course, in Canada, um, Trudeau didn't state in so many words that we were going to be a sanctuary country, but he made that ridiculous uh, tweet back that basically said, come one, come all to Canada, we welcome you. And of course, people did, and now he's trying to back off yeah. from it at 100 miles an hour. 
but basically what it, what it means is people can skip the queue, skip the line for the immigration system, come into our country, city, province, you know, whatever it happens to be, and access services just like you and I and other people that pay taxes for them. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a recipe for disaster. Obviously, it's it's uh, we already know. For example, in Ontario, uh, our healthcare system's under terrible, terrible pressure. And one of the things that the sanctuary province would do is remove any waiting period for healthcare services for people coming into the province illegally. And so, so in other imagine. words, so, you know, if you've got a loved one, a senior or someone who needs care, they get bumped back because someone who's breaking the law actually gets the services first. Potentially, yes. Potentially, no. yes. Well, what it definitely does is flood the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- and that's not the only thing. Right now in Ontario, for example, the police, there's a police act that requires police to follow federal immigration law because immigration is a federal, you know, federal jurisdiction, federal responsibility. That would go the way of the dodo if, if you're a sanctuary province. Suddenly they would not enforce uh, federal law on immigration. Um, there's just so many aspects of this labor legislation uh, that would suddenly uh, apply and, again, treat um, you know, treat people in the country illegally, uh, exactly the same as people that had done the, you know, done the right thing, followed the right processes, as well as those, you know, those people who, of course, uh, were born here, have paid taxes for decades, and so on and so forth. What I what I have to look at because we can all speculate about what this means theoretically down the road should Ontario become a sanctuary province, but we only have to look at what's happening federally with all these people coming into the U.S. with the full intent of then just using a a temporary visa to get into the U.S. to jump the border into Canada because Trudeau was so welcoming. And then we've seen John Tory recently because he declared Toronto a sanctuary city, as you may may recall. And suddenly he's saying to the feds, we need more money now. You know, we've got all these people here. So Canada is a very welcoming country. We have had a functioning you know, pretty, pretty good immigration policy that has had a lot of immigration throughout our history. But this sanctuary business, I don't think people have thought it through at all. Well, because I think, I think they, they, they see compassion and they confuse it yeah. with, you know, we already take care of people when they come into this country, illegally or not. We do. So those services are there. But the problem is, this is a big part of Andrea Horvath's Uh, platform. It's not getting a lot of attention. And this is, you know, the woman who is promising to fix hallway healthcare. And I don't see how you can do both, given you can't even cost out what a sanctuary province would cost. Well, well, that's that's what bothers me about it, is I think people, like you say, they think, oh, I'm going to be compassionate, and nobody has an argument with that. But they don't think this through at all in terms of what the implications are. And yeah, the notion that you're, we've already got a healthcare system under massive strain, and aging population means even without people flooding into the country, yeah. that strain's only going to get worse over the next little while. So it, 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 it wasn't thought through. It was a foolish statement. 
statement made, uh, you know, to try to look like a good guy, to try to look compassionate, but they haven't costed it. They haven't even thought of the implications. And like I say, you know, we, we only have to look at John Tory going and begging the feds for money because we're having all these problems with him, you know, having declared Toronto a sanctuary city. So let's, let's just make that, you know, so much worse by inviting it into the entire province. Well, yeah, and, and we have an NDP government, possibly, uh, as of June 7th, if you're to believe the polls, that could be running this thing. Um, and my concern is, given they couldn't even get their platform added up properly, I don't have a lot, I don't have a lot of faith looking deeper into the policy and the, the numbers that they have any idea what they are opening this province up to. No, I, well, I think you're absolutely right. And typically... P- p- Political parties that don't believe they have any hope of getting elected historically make outlandish promises because they figure they're never going to be called to account for them. And I think back, because I'm old enough, I think back to Bob Ray in the early 90s, and boy, nobody was more surprised to get elected than him. <laughs> and they were caught so flat-footed. So yeah, a lot, of these prom- a lot of these promises get made with no expectation of ever having to make good on them. And the Sanctuary Cities one... Now, now that the NDP have come up in the polls, people are starting to look at that platform that Andrea Horvath boasted about being costed, and they're also they're, they're finding there's all kinds of problems with it. Of course, it isn't costed at all. Some of the math is very, very well, not just questionable; it's just dead wrong. So now that there's some scrutiny, maybe that's a good thing in a way that now we're seeing some scrutiny. Not enough, in my view, but we're seeing some scrutiny and some questioning. But yeah, I think they've made some commitments. Sanctuary province is one of them that they have no idea what the implications are. And I think most Ontarians, you know, with a level-headed look at it, think, you know, we, we want to be welcoming, but we don't want to be ridiculous and undermine things like our health care system by opening floodgates that really, you know, the, the rules should apply. Let's let the rules apply. They've worked so far. Why, you know, why break the mold? Yeah, it, it concerns me, though, because Ipsos did some polling for Global News, and it overwhelmingly, on all three sides of the aisle, say people want austerity, they want to rein in the spending, and yet the polling numbers say the exact opposite, that people want change, and they don't care if it's a, a spend and tax, tax, tax NDP. Yeah, I, I saw the same poll, uh, and I thought I was actually encouraged, because I thought, boy, great that people feel, and, and I mean, even using the word austerity, I don't even like using that word, yeah. because... When we look around the world, uh, people that want governments to just spend recklessly forever have said, oh, we've had austerity. You know what? We've had virtually zero austerity. The only places we've seen it are in places like Greece that got so out of control, they effectively went bankrupt and they had to cut back. You know, what we want is sensible government spending, you know, not massive deficits we're leaving to future generations and so on. But it is rather... Uh, interesting yeah. that a lot of people that supported all political parties, as you said, you know, were in favor of, you know, not increasing taxes, uh, making spending increases reasonable or yeah. freezing, ex- freezing them and so on. And then on the other hand, they look at the NDP and say, oh, there's a viable alternative. Yeah. The, two, the two don't go together. No, and the other issue is that today in an interview with the Toronto Star, she was asked, you know, about the concerns that plagued Bob Ray, which was, do you have any kind of experience to put your caucus together? And she laughed it off and then kind of joked, well, we've got lots of training programs. You can't, you can't train into a, a, a job like this. This is a job that requires experience 
to, I don't know, do things like finance, um, to work labor. I mean, you have to know what you're doing. Well, there's, you know, the, the, the thing is a good mix. I think any functioning government should have a good mix of skill sets. Sure. Yeah. But whenever we see, and again, I think back to Bob Ray, you know, the, the joke at that time, I don't know if you remember it, Alex, you're probably too young, but uh, the joke at the time was when he formed his cabinet, he basically said to everybody, who owns a suit? <laughs> and the show of hands yeah. was the cabinet. Of course, I'm sure that's just a joke and not true. But the, 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 kind, of, the kind of people that were successful uh, in, in, in that particular government did not really have the greatest experience in the world to be governing a yeah. province. And, and that's very much the case, it seems, with Andrea Horvath. I, I, you know, I, I read in social media about this candidate that, that won't wear a poppy and you know, all this crazy stuff that I think most, most voters look at and say, that's just foolishness. You know, do, we want, do we want that type of person in our government in Ontario? I guess we'll see June 7th. I Catherine, guess we will. Thank you very much. Thanks, Alex. And that is Catherine Swift joining us tonight. And just to clarify, because I got a couple emails from people saying, hey, what are you taking a slight at farmers for? I don't take slights at farmers. I love the farming community. Grew up on a farm with horses and such. So I, I got a lot of time. Um, does that mean that a farmer could be a finance critic or a finance minister? I'm not sure. My point was, if you're going to get people into these jobs, they have to have some experience. That does not mean anyone in the farming community could not be in cabinet. They absolutely could. And I'd trust this province in the hands of farmers before I'd trust it in either the NDP or the liberal hands. So just to make that clarification very, very clear. Tear on point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.